Hey everyone, Jawad here with Hit The Apex Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello there, welcome. Not long to go now, seven days. Seven days until the first practice session for F1 for the new season. We've had to wait this long. Austria, can't wait. <laughs> it's It's been so, It's you know, I kind of felt like this was the new normal where there was no motorsport or no sport for a while and then, you know, we got some sports back, people watching again, and now the racing is restarting, and we've got supercars on this weekend as well, the um, V8 Supercar Championship, which will be exciting, and I'm going to talk a bit more about it, as promised, a couple of weeks ago, I said I'd do a a proper preview for it um, on the week of, so that'll come a bit later on, but yeah, you know, we've kind of, things things are moving along, Things are moving along. It's it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks. I won't lie. Um, I wanted to start off anyway by checking in on you guys, see how you're doing, but also check myself in as well because um, it's it, it's been kind of it's been weird. It's been it, it's it's been a bit of a downer. Let's let's you know not beat around the bush. I guess you know quite a few things going on um, behind the scenes personally as well doesn't help when you know there's been a second wave of coronavirus um spiking all over melbourne where i live and the great toilet paper epidemic part two has begun um but i guess the supermarkets i think have got onto it early and put the limits back on for how many you know each customer can buy but that doesn't stop people because i saw a mother in the supermarket the other day, um, brought her two young kids with her, and, you know, kids, I guess, count as individual customers too, so while the mum grabs one pack, you know, a jumbo pack for herself, here you go, kids, you grab one each too, so really, you know, it's just pathetic behaviour, this, and I didn't think we would be going through this again, but the second wave of COVID as well has just been a real downer because here we were doing the right thing or you know a certain you know let's say majority of us or I don't I don't know but everyone I know they've been doing the right thing because we want to reduce infections this and that and try and evolve the way we or adapt to this new way of living where you have to socially distance, you know, when you go into a shop, you got to sanitize, you've got to do this, you got to do that, but as the restrictions were kind of slowly being lifted, um, it's kind of like, okay, you're dealing with a bunch of children, so you got the government on one hand who have lifted some restrictions or they're easing back on certain things and saying, but still take precaution, you know, because this thing isn't fully done and dusted. And guess what the population decides to do? <laughs> like little children, you give them a little bit of, you give them a little bit of, you know, leeway, or you give them a little bit of, oh yeah, you can do this now. They just go and um, do whatever they want, you know. There's big gatherings happening, even if it is family gatherings, but that's the the main source of the transmissions. That's what's being said. 
um, and when you look at the clusters and in the the particular areas as well that it's it's really spiking you know there's a few people that I'm really concerned about who either live in those areas or work so they're not there you know for fun they're there either because they're working or you know they live there and they've basically got to be extra extra careful with what's going on so it's just yeah you know they're feeling a disappointment when you know reading um abc news monday morning or sunday night sorry last week and them saying oh yeah so this is it spiked in these areas we're actually going to enforce some of those restrictions again that we had lifted um a week ago or two weeks ago where you know you can't have more than five people come to your place or whatever and it just here we go again and then the toilet paper thing too it's just come on guys come on (laughs) not only that you know um alex zanardi the the crash we heard um that was pretty shocking it's like as if things couldn't get bad enough this year you know we don't want to lose a legend as such as Alex Zanardi who of course you know um IndyCar kart champion raced in Formula One unfortunately lost his both of his legs um in an accident but that didn't stop him he went on to become a Paralympian uh doing hand bike um or cycling hand cycling and won won some gold medals as well as a result of it and yeah handbike crash unfortunately um has left him in icu um condition still i guess serious but stable um and the family have said that there's not going to be any updates unless um there's some kind of significant change to that condition so that was a real you know shocker as well that gets you it's like you know someone as strong as an you know and and this happens you know why not just cancel 2020 at this stage with all the with all the bad stuff going on and then more personally i guess um a really 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 good friend of mine mentor um boss as well my manager um she unfortunately had to leave town head back home out west to perth um because of her partner's work um all you know i guess you can contribute to the uh to the virus and everything the pandemic um so there was a lot of emotion around that um amongst all of us over the last more so last week given that it was it was the the week that they were going to leave but you know we we caught up properly we spend as much time as we could not like you know we're not gonna be talking to each other and interacting or anything like that but just not having that presence around you as regularly as regularly as it was um for the last almost two years uh is definitely going to be a challenge but you know we we love challenges and she would say as well you know you gotta just take take risks take the challenge and um you know get get through it you know things will be fine so you know that as well i guess there there was a lot of emotion around that and you know as well for for her as well because it's her dream job that she was essentially leaving to you know sacrificing to to go back over there but yeah you know miss you man (laughs) hope hope you listen to this and uh yeah you know really really uh miss you already so but we'll be in touch so don't 
don't fret, no one's forgotten about you. Um, and as well, like, just, it's <laughs> very negative start. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is, this is what's been going on, you know, this is, this is me checking in what's going on with NASCAR, Bubba Wallace, like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big NASCAR fan, I don't watch NASCAR at all, but what happened this week with the, um, well, supposedly there was a noose found in his garage at Talladega, um, and, you know, he's already been in the headlines because of his stance against, uh, racism there in America, and NASCAR, as you know, is a very, very, um, right-wing political like the fans really I guess you could say because NASCAR itself now is uniting behind Bubba um, being you know the only African-American driver in the series you know they want to stamp out racism altogether and they got behind Bubba Wallace you know when he put the Black Lives Matter on his car the livery and also wearing the t-shirt as well Um, so it was thought that there was a noose found in the garage um, that he was going to be in in Talladega, uh, there was, you know, it all blew up as being a hate crime or, you know, a big, you know, something like that. They got the FBI in, they investigated and then concluded that it wasn't a hate crime, unfortunately. And as a result of that, there was a lot more hate coming out, I guess, from this particular group of, you know, particular fan base with particular political leanings um, towards Bubba saying that he basically staged it and everything which I don't believe is true whatsoever but I guess what has come out of this you know and I don't think yeah I don't know why people are questioning his integrity well I do know why but it should not be the case this is this is the point that they're trying to raise the awareness around is that you know these people you know the black people African-Americans, they've been targeted as part of this systemic racism for years and years and years and years and years, and And something's got to change, you know, and NASCAR uniting behind their driver is such a great gesture, and regardless of whether the FBI determined that this wasn't a hate crime, the fact that, you know, NASCAR itself has raised the awareness and united behind their driver shows a big step forward and hopefully we'll see that elsewhere too like I mean I was talking to a friend about the NFL and how it's kind of it's sad in a way that you know a couple of years ago when we had the Colin Kaepernick um, taking a knee during the national anthem how he basically lost his career as a result of that back then though if he had done that now there would be more people that would have supported him so it's a thing where you know, we should have been, there should have been support for, for this in the first place, which which there wasn't. But the positive out of this is that, you know, it the support is, the support is there. You know, whether it's going to stay there is going to be something that, you know, we've all got to collectively watch because it's important. You can't just get behind this cause for, for 10 minutes and then expect things to be okay. It's got to be an ongoing thing. And this is why... A little bit more light and a bit more color um, coming into to F1 with you know them embracing the rainbow. Um, this new We Races One, um, 
the uh, sorry this new we races one um scheme that they've started um or movement you could say that they've started to in, to address inequality and to promote diversity within the sport you know it's very innovative f1 is the leader for world leader for innovation in motorsport and i guess along with their push for sustainability as well you know to go carbon neutral by 2030 and you know 20 between 2025 and 2030 um this is another feather in their cap that they can say that they're pushing for you know increased diversity you know whether it's in racing teams whether it's the drivers whether it's the media it's it's so it's so good to see and i guess this is all off the back of lewis hamilton calling out you know, for a lack of voices amongst the F1 community, um, all the other drivers not really ever having a say or not voicing their um, concerns or opinions on this sort of thing. And I did mention last time how after he did that publicly that, you know, drivers like Daniel Ricciardo, Charles Leclerc, uh, they all got behind him and said, you know, we we don't, um, we condemn this, uh, we condemn this racism. We don't want to see that, and we're going to support you. So, it's been good to see Hamilton as well out there protesting um, over the weekend. Of course, wearing a mask and everything as well to to make sure he uh, abides by the COVID rules. And he started his own commission as well, the the Hamilton Commission, to try and you know help underprivileged um, African American children or black children to get into motorsport you know find pathways whether it's in through school um for engineering or for anything basically to to get them into the industry so and then with f1's own diversity task force as well um and chase carey himself so chase carey the ceo himself donating one million dollars out of his own pocket to the foundation as well shows that they're not really beating around the bush and you could beat them up for saying oh you know how come you didn't do this before but it's no better time now to do it and the fact that they've you know pledged this level of commitment already for this sounds like that they're going to be in it for the long run which is what we want to see we don't want to see someone just doing it for for 10 minutes or whatever um you know while it's on trend something like that no this has to be something that changes forever and if you're not going to get behind it well tough because as a society we should be sick of seeing racism you know we should be sick of seeing a lack of diversity we should be sick of all the inequality going on out there so the time is now to, to get behind it so and this is why you know even though we went through all those years you know where f1 was in the doldrums and you know basically just a cash cow bernie eccleston and all that in charge liberty media taking over i know there's critics out there and some of them i don't know why they they just seem to have a personal vendetta or something like that against them but what they're doing goes beyond racing you know ultimately racing is their product but they're trying to build a brand and also i think it's innovation and because f1's all about innovation you know in motorsport in and it could be in society as well which you know obviously the motorsport link you know how they innovate their technology to bring over to road cars well 
maybe a cultural and societal change can be innovated through the Formula One world and brought through to greater society as well. Right, so that gets that off my chest. Um, <laughs> seriously, I'm I'm all I'm all you know, still all smiles and all good. But yeah, it's you have those weeks or you know spells where you feel a bit down because of multiple things. But seriously, you know, don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be afraid to, as I said last time, you know, to call out this sort of stuff when you see it, whether it's inequality or racism. Support each other. That's the best thing we can do through this time. And don't, don't go out there and buy all the toilet paper in the world because seriously, that's not funny. <laughs> if, 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 if you're worried about that sort of thing, and I said this months ago, call a plumber, get a B-Day installed. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's talk some actual car racing now. <laughs> um, and as much as I love talking about, you know, all the other stuff, I am still pretty much, you know, a, a motorsport uh, racing podcast as well. So I'm not going to get too political all the time. But I feel this is, as I said before, the best time to be talking about that sort of stuff, starting the conversation and also, you know, getting other people involved as well to, to speak up on this sort of thing because, you know, as as Hamilton said, you know, there's or basically implied that there's no point staying quiet about it because staying quiet's not going to achieve anything. Right, so supercars, the Sydney Super Sprint this weekend, Eastern Creek. <laughs> and every time I think of Eastern Creek, I think one of the best memories any Supercars fan will have of Eastern Creek is the Shriek at the Creek incident back in 2003. If you're not familiar with it, go onto YouTube, type in Shriek at the Creek, and you'll see Mark Scaife having a go at his old mate Russell Engel. It's probably the most funniest someone's looked when they're angry. Like, it's not... It's it probably wasn't, well, it wasn't funny at the time, obviously, because, you know, Scaife was pretty upset that um, that Ingle had punted him off and then went on to continue racing, but um, when you look back at it, it's just one of those funny highlights that you could just watch on repeat and laugh over and over again. So, we're back there at Eastern Creek, first round, obviously, since Adelaide. Um, you want to count the couple of practice sessions and qualifying that we had at the Australian Grand Prix, go ahead. Um, I guess the qualifying results still stand and, you know, um, the two Red Bull guys, Jamie Wincup and Shane Van Gismergen, will keep those pole positions. But before getting into the actual race preview, let's talk about the revised calendar. So that this was released last week where Supercars modified or edited the calendar which was originally meant to go into 2021. We were going to have a race in New Zealand, Pukekohe, um, and then finishing off with a second round at Bathurst being a sprint round. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, the revised calendar will see the season end on December 13 with a second race here at Eastern Creek. Um, it's going to be a night race. They're going to have the um, the permanent lighting fixtures finished by then, which you know they were planning on doing a night race anyway this year before we had the whole pandemic thing. But not being able to do a night race now, um, that's because the lighting isn't finished. So this weekend... Remember, there is no night race, it's just during the day as normal, but we're going to have a night race at this same track 
later in the year. So that's December 13. We'll finish off the season. Um, other big shifts, of course, is Sandown. So that'll move back to the pre-Bathurst slot in September. Um, originally, Sandown was meant to be on that December 13 weekend, but obviously now because of the finale in Sydney, we're having to put Sandown before Bathurst, as it's always been, but it's going to be a sprint round because um, of all the social distancing rules and the new way that they're going racing as well with the reduced crews and everything. So at this stage, Bathurst looks likely to be the only endurance race, the Bathurst 1000. Unfortunately, because of Sandown moving, there's been some... redundancies or there's been some unfortunate losses you could say redundancies okay um yeah some losses there with the bend motorsport park unfortunately being dumped off the calendar uh there's been a lot of i guess angst about that obviously from the owners of the bend the shahin family who poured you know millions and millions of dollars into this facility we've been there twice for supercars we had the test their pre-season test there this year as well and you know this year they were supposed to have the bend 500 you know the pre-bathurst enduro at the bend and for no real reason i guess apart from you know having to shift sand down into the pre-bathurst slot did the bend get dumped and of course auckland as well with um international travel still looking a bit sticky but the fact that yeah you wouldn't be able to squeeze it in this revised calendar anywhere anyway um and i guess one way you could look at also the bend not being on the calendar when you look at all the events that they've put together and also the the spacing between them as well is quite important and i think they've done a good job there to make sure that there's adequate space like you could have squeezed the bend in and i know joshua kerr wrote an article or not an article sorry he just comment it was a it was almost like an article um within an article it was my article during the week that i did for for the raw and talking about how you know we're going back racing how exciting it is and he wrote um about you know how it could have fit in on a date in August. Technically, yes, it could have, but I guess with all the the turnarounds and also the logistics and supercars, apart from when they go overseas, they travel by road as well. Um, I think they probably would have wanted a little bit of a break in that period. So it's unfortunate, yes. I feel really sorry for the guys at the Bend, you know, for South Australia. The Bend, I've been there. I love it. Um, it's hard to understand the circuit still i haven't even learned it but um it's still a great place and they've done a good job to make it a world-class facility so sad that yeah it won't be on the calendar sad auckland won't be on the calendar either but i guess that's the reality we're living in at the moment where sacrifices have to be made and i guess all this kind of stems from you know broadcast and sponsor arrangements which you know are set to conclude on the 31st of December, Um, so if we were to race into 2021, you would have to draw up completely new arrangements and agreements and everything, so the broadcaster, I guess, pushed for for it, and some sponsors as well, one of them um, I'm led to believe is Holden, of course, with their factory arrangement with the Red Bull Holden Racing Team concluding at the end of this year, so December 31st, so it would um, wouldn't be viable for them to to 
then do two rounds next year of this same season as just the Red Bull the Red Bull team, Red Bull Racing Australia, that's what they used to be called. Um, I had to think for a while, a couple of weeks ago, when I was thinking, oh, you know, what um, What are they going to be called when Holden are gone? What were they called beforehand? Well, uh, like, obviously, they're Triple Eight um, Race Engineering, but their team under Red Bull, it was Red Bull Racing Australia, and I did not have to look that up either. It just came to me then. So, there you go. Um, and we've had the... Uh, formats confirmed for Winton as well, so there'll be three races like there are this weekend in Sydney. Winton, obviously, the second round after this COVID break um, will be coming in July. Three races, uh, which are going to be 35 laps each, two practice sessions on the Saturday, a top 10 shootout as well on Saturday, and then two qualifying sessions for the two races on Sunday. So not too similar not too dissimilar, I should say, um, than what we have for Sydney this weekend, obviously with a top 15 shootout instead, and then the three races, which have been reduced from 33 laps to 32, by the way, so that was another bit of news coming during the week, and um, no support categories either this weekend, but we will have support categories at Winton, so big news, I guess, if you're if you follow Super 2, which is the development series for supercars, the feeder series, they've combined grids with the newly formed Super 3 category, which has kind of come from the V8 Touring Cars series, I think, um, stem from that. So they're going to be racing this year as a combined grid, obviously like using a class system and everything as you do in you know, World Endurance Championship or IMSA. Uh, so they'll be there, Porsche Carrera Cup and the Toyota 86 series as well, which has uh, been pretty exciting to watch over the last few years. So some good news, I guess, for the support categories too. They'll be back on track come Winton. So as for Sydney this weekend, well, I guess expect a lot of rustiness, I guess. A few surprises even. That's what I was saying um, in the preview this week that I reckon because of the layoff that a lot of drivers probably have not ever experienced a time off like this where they don't go racing um for for months and months and then they come back and it's like whoa big shock to the system and we saw that in IndyCar as well and of course for the rookies during the IndyCar race at Texas a few weeks ago oh it was a rough rough weekend and reduced running time as well so the weekend's been condensed into two days so the two practice sessions and then of course the rookies get their uh, rookie only session to start off with there in only in Sydney so they're going to have to make the most of that and given how many cars are fast at the moment or we have seen that have been fast so far this year I think experience is going to be crucial so I don't think guys like you know your Wincups, Van Gisbergens, McLaughlins and all that Mostets they might not be as rusty as some of the other guys, but don't be surprised if we do see mistakes because, yeah, you know, it, this is a whole new, I guess, way we're going racing with the supercars, of course, you know, having less um, pit crew on hand, so six instead of eight per car, less data as well with the data the data logging ban that they've enforced so that's where I think the more experienced drivers might be able to um, come out at the front you know you will separate kind of separate the men from the boys a little bit because they've done racing before without all that data and they've got good engineers by their side and we've seen a few 
engineering reshuffles as well. Um, Scott Pye, for example, getting Phil Keed on board, and Phil Keed's got a lot of experience. He used to be Fabian Coulthard's engineer, of course, and I guess lack of personnel that it's allowed on site means that, you know, some of these guys are going to have to do extra work. You know, Barry Ryan, the CEO of Erebus Motorsport, you could say... Um, v8 supercars version of gunter steiner if you've seen the uh the erebus doco on youtube um inside line really really good really insightful um and the the thing that really made it for me was the fact that 2019 was not a year that erebus did super well and it was a bit of a bit of a downer of a year given that you know they were supposed to be dark horses for the championship and all that and it really showed you know, how they built character, and yeah, Barry Ryan, you know, Angry Baz, or whatever nicknames they have for him, but to me, it just reminded me so much of Gunter Steiner, Gunter Steiner's portrayal in the um, Netflix F1 series, so go check out that if you haven't, or if you're new to supercars, see the inner workings of a supercars team, and you know, Erebus is probably the perfect team to do it, you know, family team, you know, tightly knit, and you know, as much, you know, Baz seems like a bit of a bully, he kind of explains it perfectly that, you know, it's, we're all here to win, you know, we're all driven by this, and I don't see him as a bully or anything like that, but, um, yeah, you know, some people obviously a bit more sensitive to that sort of thing, so great doco, check that out on, it's on YouTube, so that's there. Um, yeah, but Barry Ryan, going back to what I was saying before, Barry saying that, um, you know, he and his crew chief, Dennis, might have to do, you know, things like refuel, like, you know, fuel the cars and stuff like that. Um, obviously not refueling during the pit stops because there's not going to, that's not allowed, but, you know, like doing simple things like that around the garage because that they because they can't have as many people on site as they did. So... Yeah, I think this is where some of the more experienced teams and crews and drivers are going to come to the fore. Um, so they're going to be fueled from the start of the race. So only one stop will be required, as I said last time, for tyres during the race. So they have to change a minimum of two tyres per car. Um, pit stops, I guess, even though it's just the one pit stop, is still going to be the focus. Um go back to Adelaide, I know it seems like a an eon ago, but it's not, you can just watch the highlights there, again, as I said, on YouTube or something, um, and the pit stops were not perfect, even for the for the top teams, you know, so Sunday race, McLaughlin, I guess he, his crew were caught napping when they were refueling, and uh, Van Gisbergen got, aha- got out ahead of him, and then Van Gisbergen's crew at Red Bull didn't fully fuel the car properly in the second stop which cost him the win so it went back to McLaughlin there so those guys wasn't weren't perfect wasn't perfect geez I need to I don't know what yeah speech impediment much um yeah those guys weren't perfect in Adelaide but I guess those are going to be race defining mistakes in in this new format that we're going to have um and qualifying, I think, will be very important as well because obviously it's a shorter race, only one pit stop involved. There's not going to be much room for strategic passing. It's all going to have to be done on track. And I guess whoever qualifies towards the sharper end of the grid is going to have a bit of an advantage. And some of the guys who have been quick here in the past, 
Scott McLaughlin, obviously, Chaz Mostert as well is a name that comes up there. And the reason I say that is because when you look at the, the stats and everything, both of them share the last 10 pole positions at this track. So how's that for something? And then when you look at Scott McLaughlin's total at this track, mind you, he's only been racing since 2013 full-time in supercars. He's got 10 pole positions here in total. And that goes back to when he was at Gary Rogers Motorsport racing a Volvo. He's super quick. And Sydney Motorsport Park, for those who are not familiar, is a driver's circuit, what you would call a driver's circuit. It's very fast, it's flowing, a lot of um, high-speed corners, long corners, so completely different to Adelaide, which is a street track, um, stop-start, 90-degree corners. So drivers like... McLaughlin and Mostert who usually shine on these sort of circuits you know no matter what car they're in um, are always going to be quick here so whether that's going to help them in the race I guess will be um, seen when we get there but given the fact that we've kind of had a bit of an equalizer going into this year with the the parity changes to put both the Commodore and the Mustang on par with each other the control shock absorber coming in as well I reckon it's going to be much more unpredictable, even though you could say, yeah, Red Bull and Shell V Power Racing, DJR Team Penske will be will be there or thereabouts. But my eye, I guess, will be on, you know, guys like Walkinshaw and United, which has Mostert, Tickford as well, who was so quick in the opening rounds. You know, Cameron Waters got on the podium. Again, you got to say what a shame about Will Davison because he was quick in that Milwaukee tool, Tools car for the opening two rounds or like one and a half rounds because of the um, cancellation at the, the Australian Grand Prix. But, you know, in the practice sessions and the qualifying sessions that they did do, he was, he was quick in there. So I guess James Courtney, who will step into that car now this weekend with new sponsor, obviously, Boost Mobile, but they're going to have the same crew, it's going to be the same car and everything, so he's stepping into a fast car, we'll see what he can do with that, um, and I think it's been a bit of a while that we've seen, since we've seen JC in a fast car, so hopefully he's able to get the performance out of it that he needs, and also Kelly Racing too, they've been quite solid this year, and it's been a you know, it was a huge off-season, like proper off-season in, you know, December, January for Kelly Racing, obviously making the switch from the Nissan Altima, which is now no longer racing in supercars, over to the Ford Mustang, and completely building their own engines as well in-house, so, and we saw the results, I guess, you know, qualifying speed was good for, for Rick Kelly and Andre Heimgartner, you know, we didn't really get to see the best of them during the races there in Adelaide, but I reckon, keep an eye on them this year, they're going to be quick, and I reckon, you know, Andre might even sneak through for a maiden win in supercars, which, you know, sounds weird given he's been around a few years now, he's been at a few different teams, and Rick Kelly, of course, he's always um, really quick, and he's sitting top 10 in the championship at the moment, um, after obviously one round's worth of racing. Also, Frosty, Mark Winterbottom, um, and Team 18, you know, just waiting for their form to click together, you know, we've seen flashes of them over the last 12 months, um, the pole position that they had in Tasmania last year, he's sitting 8th in the championship at the moment after Adelaide, so I reckon those guys are going to be really good to watch this year, and obviously a two-car team now as well with Scott Pye being on board, um, 
But as far as going back to the front, <laughs> uh, the Red Bull drivers, as much as, you know, McLaughlin, Mostert, they're the benchmark qualifiers, it's the Red Bull drivers who've really had the good race results here. So the last time we actually raced at Sydney Motorsport Park was 2018 because last year they, they didn't run the race because they were doing the night race instead over in Perth. So the night race that they had there in 2018, SVG won that. Win Cup second, and I think Craig Lowndes third when he was in the third Triple Eight car. So Triple Eight go really good around here. And Shane Van Gisbergen, even back when he was driving for Techno in the VIP Pet Foods days, they were really quick too. So yeah, good good form from those guys. I really don't know. I can't really put my finger on who's who will win this weekend. We've got three races, which is going to be exciting. We've got you know qualifying top 15 shootout which i'm just reading that uh nick perkat for brad jones racing saying that you know expect a couple of surprises because it's the top 15 shootout and obviously a top 15 shootout is going to go longer because um, you've got five extra cars doing the shootout so how does that play with track conditions and variables like that you know imagine if the track conditions are the best right at the start of the shootout because the shootout happens in reverse grid order so you know, car number 15, or sorry, car who qualifies in 15th goes out first, gets the best of the track conditions, and then it just falls away for the rest of the session. So maybe they might end up on pole. So you never know. So that's what, what I mean with these surprises and everything. It's um, <laughs> just going to be interesting. And I'm just excited to see this to see them back racing again this weekend. And before we wrap it all up then, so... Looking at the championship standings, McLaughlin on top, uh, 27 points ahead of Jamie Wincup. And Wincup too, I mean, I think I mentioned this last week how obviously he signed on for another year um, back in Adelaide, put to bed those talks about whether he'll retire at the end of this year or not. And given the fact that we've had this break from racing, I think it kind of prolongs the the end for a few drivers and you could say that all over the world like people like Daniel Ricciardo saying as well that you know he's probably going to get a few extra years out of this because of the break that he's taken um and all eyes I guess on Valentino Rossi there in MotoGP see whether he goes around for another year next year it'll have to be on the the Patronus uh Yamaha bike but you know he'll be there still on the grid so you know Wincup who is the goat of supercars as far as stats are concerned and just he is he's the goat you know seven seven titles more than 100 wins most pole positions i don't think you know we're going to see another driver anytime soon that's going to beat him and that's a discussion i guess to have for another time and i would love to talk about that because mclaughlin is someone who you would think would be the person who could take over mantle of those stats but he's got designs on wanting to go over to america and race an indycar there so maybe he'll if he doesn't as a result of all this coronavirus nonsense um we might be able to see him here try and have a crack at win cup seven titles but don't discount an eighth title for win cup not at all you know if, if you want to put a punt down for this year even put 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 it down for win cup i don't know i'm not a bookie or a gambler so i can't tell you the odds and also van gisbergen his teammate as well can't be ruled out so he he was the winner of the um 
A-series that they did, the championship for that, so don't rule him out in the real championship as well and go after a second, which would be good for, for, for Shane. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be back to, you know, obviously, oh, we'll be back, obviously, but next week I will then wrap up, obviously, what happens in Sydney. Um, I can't wait. Tomorrow, 10 o'clock or 20 past 10, I think it is, Australian Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have the first practice session, even though it will be just for the rookies, it will be just nice to see some real cars on track, and with no crowds and less media and all that sort of stuff, you can just sit back and hear the cars go round. be fantastic. So, and remember, check out Shriek at the Creek as well. I might even link it in the description. So before we finish, let's cover some odds and sods, um, other bits and pieces of news that caught my attention in the last couple of weeks. And um, shout out to the Regen E-Racing podcast who gave me a shout out um, on their show this week. Uh, thank you, boys, as always. Um, and them them talking about the the restart of formula e um, six races that they're going to have at the um berlin venue to finish off the season they're going to use three different layouts of that track i guess best possible place for it to to do it while keeping the the formula e essence you know instead of going to a permanent race track or something like that but it's sounds nuts you know that they're having six races in nine days i think it's something like that so august 5th 6th then 8th and 9th and then the 12th and 13th so i guess you know at all short and sharp you know keeps everyone in the bubble and you know finish off this championship so you know they can start planning next year's and i guess i think yeah the boys did talk about next year's calendar as well and how it will basically start you know in 2021 so none of this you know 2020 or 2021 season and because next year there'll be a they'll will uh, they will officially start as a world championship as well um being getting that um what do you call it getting that recognition by the fia there you go recognition is the word i'm looking for this is what happens when you don't talk for a week do a podcast for a week you kind of come back and your speech is all over the place, but um, it'll be regular now, given the fact that we're back racing, and, you know, we've got F1 next week as well, so fear not, guys, fear not, or you could just sit there and laugh at, laugh at me trying to talk, whatever, (laughs) Um, and other bits of Formula E stuff, driver movements, Pascal Verline quit Mahindra, Alex Lynn will come in to cover him for the Berlin races, Verline hotly tipped to go over to Porsche um, next year, obviously I think Neil Yarny would be the one to, to make way unfortunately, but you know, Verline, really really quick driver, he's shown glimpses of greatness there at Mahindra, obviously just kind of held back by his machinery, won that race in or that epic race, I should say, not just a race, but that epic race in um, Mexico, so yeah, good good for them, and Rene Rast over to Audi to replace, obviously, Daniel Abt, Um, and we don't need to go over that all again, because you're all aware of it, hopefully, if not, listen to what was it, two episodes ago that I do the, the mashup episode with the Regen guys, and we'll go over it once again for you, good good laugh that one I think, you know, just to, just for a bit of 
dark humor, bit of bit of fun. Put that episode on and, and listen to it. We're getting there. Don't worry. We're we're getting to the end. Um, MotoGP as well. Some some rider movements. KTM confirming their lineup for 2021, which is you know surprised a few people um, with what's going on over there. So the factory KTM team will see Miguel Oliveira step up uh, next to Brad Binder, and then the Tech Three team we've got Danilo Petrucci um, confirmed alongside Ika Lekuona who hasn't raced this year obviously but he will make his debut in Jerez in July for the Tech 3 team Danilo Petrucci good that he's found home in MotoGP I guess his experience will be important there at the KTM now because the lack of an experienced rider so Oliveira and Binder at the factory KTM team who's missing can you guess Yes, well, um, Paul Espargaro, I was about to say Aleish, his brother. <laughs> no, he's firmly nestled away at Aprilia. He's signed a new deal recently as well. Uh, Paul Espargaro, no longer going to ride for KTM next year. They haven't confirmed, no one's confirmed yet where he's going or what his plans are, but you could hazard a guess that he's going to be confirmed by Repsol Honda next year. Um to race possibly alongside Mark Marquez, um, which would be kind of unfortunate that, you know, they've brought in his brother Alex Marquez on a one-year deal, they haven't even raced yet this year, and they've already lined up a replacement for him, or maybe it could be a Mark Marquez replacement, who knows, who knows, there's a lot to talk about in that department. I've just had a few brainwaves now as well that it's kind of like, ooh, I want to I want to talk about this, but I think, you know, I'm kind of going to take it easy this week, you know, not, not going to do a long one, just the standard 45 minutes. Well, we're at 45 minutes now, so going to be wrapping it up in a second anyway, but as we get back, you know, when MotoGP comes back, I think we'll, we'll talk about it a bit more as well. And quickly, with F1 in Austria, so a lot of outrage during the week um, over the announcement that there's going to be some new graphics that they're going to have on screen. Um, it all looks a bit too much, too much information, I think, or, you know, some people saying that isn't that the job of the commentators to, to talk about that data and stuff, but... Yeah, I, I think I'll just wait to see how it impacts the broadcast before I really sink my teeth into it. So, you know, not that I don't agree with people who disagree with it. I just want to see how it goes because I like having my live timing screen on um, on the computer or the on the phone um, and all the information to be played off that and with the live blogging that I do as well, which will hopefully start up again next week. I'm so excited. Um with all the live blogging that I do as well for, you know, the races, having that live timing screen is really important. So more information on that would be great. More information on the screen might be a bit like TV screen during the broadcast might be a bit too distracting, but I guess if they're trying to impress new fans or, you know, draw in people like that, then yeah, we'll wait and see. But I will reserve judgment on it until we see it um, next week. Because, yeah, seven days time. Free practice one in Austria. My Friday nights will finally be complete again. (laughs) All right. I'm going to leave you. Love and leave you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Check us out on Twitter at Hit The Apex Media. Get in touch as well. Um, If you 
which is important. Um, we're on all good podcast platforms. I'm not trying to dominate the world like Dino is on Regen, putting it on every platform available, but I'm on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and I think this week should be on YouTube. Don't, don't, what do you call it? Don't take my word for it, but yeah, I, I did switch podcast hosts during the week, so the hosting platform, so might this might end up on YouTube as well, so yeah, you can look us up on YouTube, we've got an account, hit the Apex Media, which hasn't been used for some time, but maybe it will start getting some use now. Alright guys, stay safe, look after each other, don't buy all the toilet paper in the world, and um, enjoy your weekends, whether you're watching some racing or not. Ciao.